You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's gonna win that itch. And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you gonna do? And this is the state championship edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell here with Hank Piper and special guest Andrew Heck. Uh, we're getting right into it. We're going to touch over Woods real quick because Hank wants to, even though nobody cares about that anymore. It's championship time. We're going to be breaking down the X's and O's of Maslin versus Hoban. So let's just r- jump right into it, Hank. Let's talk about Woods. I mean, I don't think nobody wants to talk about it. It's week 14. You know, we had to beat that team to get to here where we are now. here we are. So let's do it. And here we are. Uh, I thought they were a great physical team up front. You know, they um, it took us a few series to really find out how to run against them. And it 
Uh, I think it took our offense just a little bit in general to get the passing game going. You know, it seemed like everybody was a little bit off, but you'll have times like that. And when they want to force us to pass immediately, that's just something we got to live with. Uh, defensively, I thought we had a great game just all around, you know, a couple interceptions. The one, the big pick six right before halftime, I thought that was a big momentum swing. Um, and that was something that we were really missing last year, you know, it was uh, – was big stop defensively and just big defensive play in general. Yeah, they de- they definitely started off the the game there playing pretty tight coverage. You know, Aiden maybe wasn't exactly precise on a couple of those passes, and you know they obviously you know didn't move the ball really well our first drive or two. But you know once we got that first score, Jameer had that like you know twenty yard run. Everybody kind of you know made it take a deep breath, settle in, go to work, and then it was kind of snowballed from there really. Yeah, I think snowball's a great word for it. It's even though we didn't quite get rolling quite like we usually do that we uh Yeah, you know, it just started to snowball on them and once we got rolling, I don't think they could stop us. Um overall, I thought we had an excellent game plan, executed it after a couple series, executed it as well as we could have and well, here we are week 15. So uh, let's get into it as per what uh, Rob is trying to push right now. <laughs> yeah, just touching on that real quick. I mean, we, we definitely had a little bit of a slower start. Um, I mean, they do have a really good defensive line when Woods did. Uh, so that was something we were trying to stay away from early. And it, it kind of seemed like we changed things up a little bit, you know, from our perspective, you know, more than usual at the very beginning. And it, it just wasn't our natural flow at the beginning of the game. And I, I know you said, Hank, that even when we went to – you know, our, our five wide. We don't really change our pass concepts, but we just add an extra, you know, a offensive player out there. And it, it, it just didn't seem natural as what we were doing the, the rest of the year. Uh, so I think we kind of got away from that. It wasn't working great at the beginning of the game. Uh, and we did find a way, you know, their defensive line was really quick. They got upfield, you know, fast. And we found a way to get inside of them. And it ended up working. And, of course, as the game goes on, we, we find a way to wear on teams. And that's how we, it's gone all year. Our, you know, our MO is, you know, we're going to feel a team out. And by the end of the game, we're just going to outpower them. And, you know, we're going to make better adjustments than they make. So that's what we do every single game. It's not going to be any different this week. Uh, hope to start off a little better this week than we did last week. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wins a win. So moving forward to Hoban, a little bit different of a team. It's the team everybody's been talking about all year long. You know, from the beginning of the year, they're three-time reigning state champions looking for their fourth. So we're definitely going to try to stop that. But it's it's a different beast than what we've gone against in the past. So we're 14-0 going into this, but they're a different type of team. Uh, it's similar in the fact that they like to run the ball more than pass, like when Woods does. But uh, it, it's just a different type of team overall. Uh, I also expect their front seven to be good. We're going to break it down a little bit better. Uh we didn't introduce him very well, but Andrew Heck with us. He's a, a good friend of ours. He's also technically on the coaching staff, so we try not to have him on too much just because we don't want him to get in trouble for you know saying the wrong thing or you know relaying too much information, but he's pretty good at that. So we're going to get as much information out there to you as possible about this Hoban team uh, to get you real excited for this Thursday game. So hopefully you're as excited as we are. Yeah, so kind of, you know, getting into them a little more. Um, I think, really, their strength is up front on either side of the ball. Their their offensive line and their defensive front seven. They are very talented there. 
from and I, I think we've all watched a little bit more film more than we have most weeks and that's the one thing I know that really stood out to me was the lack of skill they played on the other side of the ball you know like really watching how their defensive front played I mean they they have some good players there I know number uh, yeah, let's see here Number 44, Joseph, uh, lots of letters in the last name there. He, um, he's, you know, he, he's a very good defensive player. Um, he very quick off the ball. He very disruptive, tends to shoot the gaps more than most. But really what stood out to me was how bad the other lines have been. And we're not bad we are i think i've tried to as best i can sing the praises of this particular offensive line maslin has all season long and that's really something that they're not used to seeing at all and i think that's one big matchup we can take advantage of yeah i think the mo of hoban's really entire program is centered on their strength program they take a lot of pride in that you know kind of like us in that manner so they i mean they have a lot of big guys they're strong you know kind of like us so they just you know they want to on both sides of the ball there's well we're going to be stronger than you up front and you know in all football at every level if you win in the trenches you're going to win a lot of games and you know they've won 28 games in a row now like 56 or something in the last couple years so it's worked really well for them so i i really don't think they're going to change much of anything at all you know because they're just going to do what they do yeah, I, I would compare Hoban, you know, very similar to like Alabama in college football. Whereas, you know, they're just really fundamental. They're really strong in the trenches and they just do what they do. They don't have to adjust much for other teams because at the end of the day, they're normally just the better team on the field. Uh, the one thing going back to what you said is a lot of the teams they played this year weren't that great. And I, they played Ignatius week one, I believe. Uh, they played St. V, a common opponent of ours. Those are probably two of the, the tougher teams they played, if if not the two toughest teams. Besides that, they didn't play a whole lot of competition this year, and that's not taking away from them at all. They're still a very good team. So just because they didn't play a lot of competition doesn't make them a worse team. They're still really good, but I think that might be an advantage to us that they haven't seen as much this year compared to maybe what we've seen. We've, we've seen a little bit of tougher competition overall. Uh, to go with that, I mean, they are really tough up front. Uh, that number 44, like you said, that's somebody we saw on film a lot on defense. Uh, he likes to shoot the gap. He makes a lot of plays, you know, tough player. Uh, on both sides of the ball, you know, the line is going to be the strong point of their team. They have on their offensive line, their left tackle is committed to Michigan. You know, he's just... He's a brute of a player. Um, I, Not that I think he's invincible. I think I've seen a little bit of flaw in his game. But he's in, he's really strong. He'll be able to push people around. And in general, their line on both sides are really strong. So they're just a really fundamental team. So they're not going to make a lot of mistakes in general. So you're going to have to beat them with fundamentals. You're going to have to stop what they want to do. But at the same time, they like running the ball more than passing it. So... That might be something we can really, you know, key on defensively. Yeah, they um, one of their favorite sets is like a double fullback set, very similar to us. They run a lot of under center stuff, which 
I mean, you know, people say you have to get under center, run harder, which I think throughout this year we proved that that's not – you don't have to do that. It just – it's something, you know, it's what their coaching staff believes in. It's what they like to do, and they've done it successfully. Um, like you said about their left tackle, he's he's a very good player. You don't just stumble into an offer from Michigan. But at the same time, I think he's he's very handsy. You know, a, a lot of plays you can call him on holding. But from what we've seen from the officiating throughout, you know, this entire year, much less the playoffs, I don't expect many calls going against them. Um, one thing that stood out to me is you mentioned it about the lesser competition is that they don't face defenses trying to sell out really against their particular run style like we face. You know, we, we've gone, we've had multiple coaches on here talking about how everybody changes up their entire style to sell out to stop our power run game. I mean, sure, they face a lot of loaded boxes, but it doesn't seem like teams are really changing up who they are to stop what Hoban tries to do. And in that... It, they haven't had to play, you know, with their hand tied behind their back, forced into uncomfortable situations, kind of like the last couple games, Wenton Woods, Wadsworth. Um, we've had to really, you know, throw the ball to win the ball game, even though, given the preference, we'd rather sit back and call power all game. And I think we've done that successfully when we've had to, and I don't know if it's something that they can do when we – in my opinion, that we have the ability to ability to do when we stop the run game. Yeah, I think you know the big difference you know between our schedule and theirs is that we've you know East St. Louis game, McKinley. We've played teams that we were forced to do something other than you know rush run power. So you know if, if you make them do something different because they haven't you know they haven't played anybody that made them do anything different they didn't have to try to win a game through the air they didn't have to try to come back behind, you know from behind against anybody at all I mean I, I watched the you know Ignatius game and that's probably you know the best team they played but Ignatius was replacing their entire offensive line you know their receivers are dropping balls that you never see Ignatius receivers dropping. And, you know, they just, they don't really, I mean, it's not a great Ignatius team. Obviously, they're not, you know, playing for a state championship. But, you know, so if we make them try to do something different, not saying that they can't do it because they still have good players everywhere at all levels, but it's just something different that they've not had to do. So it would be interesting to see, you know, how they would react to that situation. And also, you know, if they're going to come into the game with just the, well, we're just going to do what we do. We don't think, you know, we're just going to make a statement. We're going to run power on Maslin, stuff it down their throat, you know, screw you. We don't care. Or if they're, are they going to come out maybe try to throw it around, you know, to keep us, you know, catch us off guard. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen because they seem kind of arrogant what they do, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they run the ball a lot, and that's what they do. And we haven't seen much from them of trying to open up their offense at all. So it would be interesting to see if we were able to successfully stop their run, you know, if they would be able to open up that offense and throw the ball around a little bit more. I, I mean, I think with the skill set we have on defense, you know, we can load the box a little bit more. We can isolate defenders on their receivers uh, to go with it. You know, they have one main receiver that they throw the ball to more than anybody. Uh, number eight. He's a senior, six foot, one eighty. 
their next probably best receiver is technically their tight end, Caden Clark, number 87. Uh, he's committed to Alabama. If, if the name sounds familiar, it's because he was in Maslin most of his life. Uh, he then went to Moeller, and then from Moeller he transferred to Hoban. To the great, you know, historic tradition that Hoban is. Well, now he started at Hoban, then went to Moeller, then back to Hoban. Well, he was here first. But yeah, well, he, he was, was in Maslin first. So yeah. Maslin, Hoban, Moeller, Hoban. So yeah. is that what you're saying? He's, he's well, moved he's around well a lot. Tra- he's well-traveled. Uh, yeah. Point is, he was at Maslin first, if the name mm-hmm. sounds familiar to you. Uh, he's 6'5", 260. He's a better receiver than he is a blocker, but they will line him up as a blocker. And as far as blocking goes, he'll line up to block. I mean, he doesn't. He, do he's an extra body. Him. He's not. Yeah. A, he's not an outstanding blocker, but they'll use him to block. Uh, he's more of a big body in the pass game. A pretty decent receiver. They don't throw it to him all that much because they don't throw the ball all that much. Uh, they have a sophomore quarterback. Uh, it seems like he can throw a decent ball. They just don't do it all that much. So, I mean, going back to the whole point is if they'd be able to open up their offense and we're able to stop the run. Nobody has been able to stop their run, so they haven't had to rely on passing at all. Uh, I think we have the ability to do that. Um, I think any time a team is not calling Hoban one-dimensional, but they haven't had to pass yet. So, as of you know, the whole year they've almost been one dimensional. They've been running the ball exclusively. Uh, they have some play. It's almost passing. 70 30. 70 30. So, you know, simple, uh, similar to what Wynn Woods was doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you're able to stop that run and force them to pass, you know, good things usually happen for the defense. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do there. I mean, they have a good line, they have two really good running backs. Um, but to go along with what you guys have been saying, I mean, it seems like. They've been benefiting from some of the other teams not being that great. Their, their running backs bounce a lot of their runs outside, which against a disciplined defense should never happen. You know, if you have your alley players, your contained players, they, they shouldn't be able to do that. So uh, we've had a few issues, especially last week, where they bounced on us a little bit, but we corrected it mid-game. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to do that quite as well uh, against us as they have other teams. No, and even structurally, I mean, a lot of teams against them seem like they wanted to go to a single high, cover three, cover one looks, which uh, you're not necessarily putting your alley players out of place, but maybe not in a position they're used to if you're a too high team like we are. But I think with the quarters coverage that we run, especially the aggressive way that we like to run it, uh, I think our safeties will be in a great position to play either the run or the pass. You know, we... Both of them, Hodges and Clark, they're smart players. They've seen, I mean, they've played, this is going on, what, 29 games now. There's not much they really haven't seen, especially, like we mentioned earlier, a system very similar to ours. To um, that there's not much you can really fool them with, you know. Even we had the team uh, Whitehall a couple weeks ago that they, they like to run a trip play, it seemed like almost every series. There's... I just I don't see them being able to do much inside their normal game plan that we don't have a solution for. Yeah, it's really just you know like every game, it's there's going to be plays to be made. You're gonna we're gonna be in position to make tackles on these backs. It's just gonna come down to is our guy gonna get them down? You know, if we have a shot to get a get a sack or a negative play, we have to make that play. You you this is not a week where you can you know afford 
excessive amounts of missed tackles. You, you know, if you have a shot at an interception, you have to come down with that ball. You know, you have to be making the plays in order to beat a team. You know, I mean, probably on paper, they're better than us. Like, you know, just the way, it's just the way it is. And you're just going to have to make the plays. I mean, you can look at it on paper and say they're better than us, but, you know, that's just games aren't played on paper. Yeah, exactly. You just, you know, got to go out there. Anybody can win on any game. That's why, that's why you go play it. You just got to go make the plays. You know, don't back down. Yeah, I think our defense is going to be very prepared for what they bring to us. Um, just because, you know, their style of play. They, they don't do anything fancy. They're not gonna do. Oh, they're not gonna mix it up and try to surprise you with anything. They're just gonna do what they do. Be really fundamental, and they're gonna try to run the ball on you. And with that, we have a really fundamental defense. We have a good defense. We're gonna have people in the right position to make plays. You know, they're not gonna do a lot of misdirection and you know fake this, fake that. You know, try to pull the defense away from where they're actually doing. They're just gonna try to line up and I'll block you. And I think our fundamental defense is going to be able to line up and take care of that. It's just going to come down to actually making the tackle. You know, we're going to be there. It's just, are we going to be able to tackle while they do it? They have two great backs, um, but we've seen a lot of great backs this year. So it, it's nothing we haven't seen. If anything, it's, you know, schematically, maybe a little easier than some of the other teams we played. But they're just really good at what they do. They line up, they do what they do, and they do it very well. So we're going to have to line up defensively, and everybody's going to have to do their job, be in the right position, and come up and make a play. And they have put it on film. It's never been in a position they have had to do. But they'll spread the ball out a little bit, you know, go uh, three, four wide, and dink and dunk down the field. It seems like they don't really like to – push the ball down the middle. They'll run a tight end seam, a little bit of over-the-middle concepts, but it's nothing that they really seem like they feel at home doing. So just to kind of put a ball in the conversation, I think we all here feel like we have a good matchup, our defense against their offense. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, the the team that gave us the most fits was East St. Louis, and they had just speed you know, everywhere those – Antonio Johnson, Lawan Powell, I think, were the names of those receivers. Those were big, fast. You know, they had the backs. The quarterback could run and throw. You know, that's the team that really gave us fits because they were just speed and like, spread it out, get to the edge. You know, they could oh, they ran inside also, but you know, they were just spreading it out. This, you know, Hoban, they they want to play in a phone booth really most of the time, and they just want to kind of bludgeon you with body blows and then pop a run here or there. You know, Demonte train him. He's gonna, you know, if he pops a run, he's gonna go. And so, you know, that's kind of just what they do. They don't want to. I mean, they can, I guess, spread you out, but that's not really what they want to do. Yeah, uh, to quote one of our coaches, I mean, East St. Louis, they were duded the hell up. They had a lot of guys at a lot of positions to make plays that, quite frankly, you don't see from a lot of high school teams. I mean, I think Hoban, they have. A lot of guys in a lot of positions, but I haven't seen them put in the position that they've needed to make those plays. And it's just not something that I feel like they they would be comfortable doing when they are called upon to do. Um, kind of shifting gears to defense a little bit. They run a 3-4, kind of similar front structure to what we do. Um, 
they like to live in one high, a lot of cover one, cover zero, two, quite a bit. They're, uh, they're strong safety. I know, Rob, you, you got a strong opinion on him. You watch a lot of him on film. I'll let you go from there. Well, their strong safety on paper is that uh, Diamante Tranum kid. Uh, he goes both ways. He's a running back and a safety. He's a four-star athlete. He's a junior. Uh, he has offers from you know every college you can think of, including Ohio State. So he's a really good player, really good athlete. They make sure to use him when they need him. Uh, sometimes they'll bump him down to linebacker against a team where they think they might need him in the box a little bit more. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's just an all-around athlete. Uh, he might, he, he's not the starting running back technically they split time, but, uh, he might be the better running back of the two. Uh, they have two really good running backs, but he, he's also really good safety. Um, just to go along with that, the other safety that they have, um, their free safety number two, he's six, two, Uh, he's a senior. Uh, so he's, he's a little bit lighter than train on paper. But, I mean, he, he looks like he's a lot bigger. He, he's a pretty big guy. Um, he plays big. He's a great tackler uh, in space from the film that I saw. He, he makes a lot of plays. Uh, the one thing that can would concern me is I don't know if he'd be able to line up one-on-one against any of our receivers. Uh, I think he does a great job of being a field general. He makes a lot of open field tackles. He's, he's a big guy. I, I just don't think he would be able to man coverage any of our receivers with their speed. Um, not that he's not a great player, but I mean, I, I don't think he has quite the speed that our receivers have. Uh, and then their corners, um, one corner a little bit better than the other. Uh, they have a field corner and a boundary corner. So uh, one corner that's going to go to the open side of the field, whereas the other one's going to play the closer side of the field. Uh, the better corner plays the field. He's, he's only a sophomore, but he, he he's a pretty decent player as a corner. Uh, their boundary corner is a senior. He's a little bit smaller. Uh, so usually you'd see, you know, usually a better tackler in the boundary or maybe somebody that isn't quite as quick. Uh, so, I mean, I, I would expect us to maybe go at him, the senior, a little bit more than the sophomore just because we don't think he's quite as good of a corner. Uh, but, I mean, if anything, I think we have a few matchups in the secondary. And that's really what we're going to go against because uh, their front seven's pretty good at what they do. Yeah, I mean, both Trey and uh, Ballard are matchup nightmares. Absolutely. And the fact that Ballard at, usually goes on the backside of, of our formations a lot, that'll put stress on that uh, boundary corner. If they want to do something a little different from what they've shown before, I mean, I think... At the uh, Booster Club meeting, Coach Morris talked about, you know, they've shuffled around their line, their offensive line a little bit, just based on who they thought was the better matchup. I can't imagine that they'd think differently about their, you know, corners and secondary in general if they want to put who they think their best matchups are against those, but that's just something we'll have to wait for Friday to see. Um, And that being said, too, you know, Adrian Ford, he's still a great receiver in his own right, and that I don't... Frankly, I don't necessarily think that there's anybody in their secondary that can really shut him down either. You know, it's still going to be a great battle. Even if you win some, you lose some. He's still going to break open it. At, I would assume it, you know, when needed. Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as that train him, I think I've seen him line up over slot receivers before. You know, they, he was a linebacker last year for him. 
So, you know, he can play in the box. He's, you know, he's like 215 or something. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, lined up over Trey in the slot. You know, try to get that matchup to negate that. But as far as Ballard goes, I mean, I would take Ballard over, I mean, just about any player in the country. I mean, he's a top 50 player in his class for a reason. And he's shown it all year, especially, you know, he's really come on later in the season too, as he's, you know, been called on to, you know, step up. So, I mean, I'd, I'd take him to run by anybody. It's just a matter of keeping Aiden upright in the pocket and giving him, you know, an opportunity to to put it down there for him for Jaden to go run underneath. And I mean, that's a touchdown pretty much every time if you can if you can get it out there. Yeah, we've talked about all year how we've been able to do a great job about keeping Aiden upright. The pass pro's been fantastic. I think you especially saw that in the Winton Woods game where I, in my opinion, that was one of the best lines we faced all year that they had a bunch of dudes up front, you know, and I thought our line just did tremendous either handling those guys themselves, picking up pressure, anything. And really the only time they shut our our receiving game or our passing game down was when they dropped a bunch of dudes into coverage. You know, there, there's one interception where they dropped eight back into coverage and I haven't seen them in any other film drop eight into coverage i would bet that that was the first time they've done it all year and so that's just one more thing where you see teams change up entirely who they are to kind of try and defend us and we saw that well we only need to see that once we present them another look to where they thought they needed to drop eight and we ran the ball successfully against it more uh, a couple times one for touchdown so it's just one of those things where it's it's going to be a chess match of, oh, what are you going to do versus what do we want to do versus what we need to do. Yeah, I mean, going back to that Trainum kid, you talked about how he's a linebacker this year, and he, he can also line up in the slot. Uh, I mean, he's 215 pounds, which is bigger than any of their linebackers by weight. So, I mean, he, he's a decent-sized kid. He can definitely play in the box. They, they like putting him where they think the ball is going to go. So he's just a great athlete, and they want him around the ball, you know, however they can do that. Uh, but going back to how defenses adjust to us, I think with our skill set on the outside, Hoban's going to have to find matchups that they like. So they might have to mix their kids around a little bit more than they have all year. I don't know if they're just going to line up and, you know, whichever receiver goes left, whichever receiver goes right, the corners just take them. Because I think we can find some matchups against their secondary that we like. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to us, especially if we want to pass against them uh, to go with it. I mean, their front seven is, is pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's not that they have a lot of size on defense. They're just really good at what they do. I mean, that's just that's the Hoban football way they've been doing the last couple of years. They're really fundamental. I mean, on the defensive line, they go 200 pounds, 265, 220, 240. So it's not the biggest defensive line we've seen. Their linebackers, 200, 210, 200. So it's, it's definitely not the biggest front seven we've seen. But, I mean, on film, it's probably one of the most effective front sevens. They're really good at, you know, holding their gaps getting to the ball, getting pressure in the backfield without blitzing. That, that's one of the things we've really noticed on film is that their their linemen are really good at getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, their linemen, you know, they shoot their gaps. They do what they're supposed to do. Their linebackers, they read their keys very well. They attack what, what play they're presented with. It's frankly very similar to us, you know. We're, we're a well-disciplined team, so are they. We're a very talented team, 
So are they. So that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you saw in the Winton Woods game, it took us a few series to figure out how to run the football to where, you know, we go to our tight end and uh, two-back package. We run to the tight end. We run away from the tight end. And we eventually settled on the, uh, the jet motion that really froze their backers. That's something that I expect to see that chess game again show up against Hoban to figure out how we could run the ball and do what we do. But like we said before, it's something where we're probably going to need to uh, throw the ball a little bit. And frankly, I trust the best arm talent Star County seen since Justin Zwick to get the job done. Yeah, I think you know it's all going to come come down to our ability to, you know, we're going to have to throw it. Like they have a really good front seven, and they will rotate in their best linemen from both sides. You know, just like the way we do. You know, you're going to see that 6'5", 340-pound left guard that they have. He's going to be lining up on the interior, trying to clog it up. I mean, Brumler, the left tackle, he'll probably be in there. Caden Clark will be lining up at defensive end. They're going to put, you know, it's it's all the chips are in. They're not going to leave anything, you know, to chance. They're putting their best players on the field in any possible, you know, way, just like we, just like we were going to do. So, I mean, running is going to, probably going to be tough, like, it's just not and against a good team like this with the size and strength that they have. It's just it's not going to be easy. So we're going to have to find matchups in the secondary that we can exploit. You know, we're going to rotate our best our best wide receivers through Clark, Mac. You know, Ford, obviously Trey, Jaden. You know, those are all really good athletes against their really good athletes. It's just can we get the ball to them and who's going to make the play? Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting to see what we're going to do against them. I mean, Hoban, like we've said a hundred times, they like to run the ball. And, for example, against Ignatius, it was relatively a low-scoring game compared to you know what we've seen all year, what's Hoban seen all year. The final score was 21-14 or 21-13, mm-hmm. something like that. So um, if, if we are able to stop their run, and we're able to put a few points on the board because I, I don't think any defense in the state, let's let's say the country, I'd is, say the country is going to hold us to two or three scores. I think we'll find a matchup. We're going to wear on teams, you know, even against a team that stops the run as well as Hoven, because Winning Woods is really good, good against the run too. Don't let that go forgotten. Winning Woods had a really good defensive line. They had some. They had some dudes. They had some yeah. really good guys. And Hoban's going to rotate their players a little bit more. Um, but with that, they're they're not as used to the defensive side of the ball as quite as the offense, some of those players. So, I mean, I, eventually we're going to be able to run the ball on them. That's what we do, and we're going to be able to do it against anybody. So it might start off a little bit slow. We, we might have to play that chess match, but we're eventually going to run the ball on them. With that, I think we have the athletes outside where if you can get protection for the quarterback – we're going to find matchups. We're going to be able to throw the ball around. And if we can score a couple of touchdowns, I mean, that puts us right in the game for sure. I, I, I have a great confidence that we're going to be able to slow down their run game more than most teams were able to. I mean, the first week of the year, Ignatius held them to three scores. And, uh, you know, you can try to compare us and Ignatius. And, you know, if you actually look at it, you might see who comes out favorable in that matchup i'm not going to say who but i think we're um, (laughs) i think we have a a, a decent chance of of really stopping them on defense 
You know, we're going to put that game plan together. We're going to force them to try to do something they're not used to. And they haven't had to do that this whole year. They might not have had to do it the last three years. For all I know, we haven't gone that far back in film. But, you know, what they want to do is they want to line up. They want to run the ball. And with that, they're going to run clock. They're going to try to slow down the game. What they've been great at all year is breaking off big runs. So if we can stop those big runs, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to hold, we're going to shut them out. But if we can stop some of those big plays, you're eventually going to get a stop. You know, similar to like the Wadsworth game. They had a lot of yards on paper, but when it mattered, we stopped them. We kept them out of the end zone. If we can stop them and keep them out of the end zone a couple of times, that allows our offense to really take over. It takes the pressure off. They don't have to score every single time. And with Hoban, they're they're not a high-powered team. They've just broken off a lot of plays. You know, you look at some of their scores, they have high-scoring games. It's not because they're throwing the ball around 50 times. It's because they're breaking off big runs. And if we can really limit those big plays, I think that puts us in a great position to win the game. Yeah, you know, you look at, I think, the two games on our schedule, East St. Louis and Wadsworth, like you said, where we had less than ideal tackling, I would say, that they broke off some runs that that gave them a little more offensive life than that they really should have had. And then you look at another team like Whitten Woods that have lived off those big runs. And when we can make those tackles, when we can bottle them up like we should, when we can make the plays that need to be made, we hold them to 20 points. You know? It's one of those things that if we come out and play Maslin Tiger football, that I there's not a team in the state of Ohio that can beat us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really what you guys just said, it's... I mean, I think the kid from Winton Woods, that running back, Mayan Williams, I mean, he's probably better, a better running back than either of these two guys that we're going to see. You know, and then Karon Adams from Warren, that kid's a stud. You know, the kids from East St. Louis, those guys were studs. Those are all D1 guys, high level. You know, the the, the number one tailback for, you know, Hoban, it's this uh, Dickerson kid. He's going to Akron. So, I mean, he's a good player, obviously, but he's not elite. And Demonte Trainum, he's obviously a very good player. He offers from you know Stanford, Clemson, but as a defensive player, he's not you know the speed you know breakaway. To, I mean, he's got speed obviously, but he's not you know a f- fastest guy on the field. So it's a different it's, you know it's a different animal. Plus you know they combine that with a really a better offensive line probably than what we've seen. So that's you know that's a different aspect to it, and that's and exactly what they do is they you know. They pound, 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 break a run. That's what they did against, uh, you know, Ignatius. It was really a close game, and nobody was really doing much of anything offensively until Trainum popped the run. You know, I think he actually popped two of them, you know, that, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, these close games, it's not something that we've seen much of. It's not something Hoban's seen much of either. They, they've had those breakaway games. Uh, just like we have the, the difference I think is when they played Ignatius you know it was 21 to 13 uh, I guess you could look back to like the McKinley game 24 17 but I think in that game we we really went away from the pass and we, we ran the ball we controlled the clock that's what they were giving us uh, 
I, I don't expect Hoban to do that technique. Hoban probably going to let us pass more than run. They have a good front seven. They're going to try to man up on the outside. They, they might drop into a little little zone. Um, you know, you always have to expect that. Wynn and Woods didn't run zone the entire year. And then against us, they dropped back into a little bit of zone. So, I mean, you, you have to expect it. But I, I think McKinley really designed their defense to not let us pass it whatsoever. So we just ran it the whole game. With Hoban, they're a run-first team. Not that we're not a run-first team, but if you had to compare passing offenses, I think ours are you know, a league above Hoban's passing offense. So if we're able to slow them down, I don't think anybody's going to slow down our offense. We're that versatile. We can throw the ball that well that all it takes is one drive completing a few passes, hit a couple crossing routes, toss it up to your six foot seven receiver, have Jaden Ballard run past the entire team if he wants to. I, eventually, we're going to hit a big play. If we're able to limit them in their run game, if we can force them outside of their comfort zone, I think we're going to be fine. Because we're able to bounce back and forth. We pass the ball really well. We run the ball really well. We're used to either one. We can go straight run. We can go straight pass. Hoban, not that they can't, but they're not used to it like we are. I think once we shut down that run game, it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, and you know, even like you said with the McKinley game, 24-17, when they tried to shut down our passing game, I think most everybody that really looked at that game with an unbiased opinion, we had anywhere between 10 to 17 points stolen from us, too. You know, by the uh, by the Zebras. The men in stripes. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. And like you said, you know, we can pound the ball. And it's not only our passing game is great. Our deep passing game is great. Our intermediate passing game is great. We can hit outside the numbers. We can hit over the numbers. We can hit deep over the middle. We can hit shallow over the middle. Yeah, we haven't showed it a lot this year. The majority of the year, we only went deep. But there is a lot in the playbook, and we've shown it, where we can hit those medium routes. Mm -hmm. We can hit those out routes. We can hit the short routes. We don't do it a lot because we haven't had to, but we can. We've shown it. We really can. If you want to play off of us, We'll hit the screens. We'll hit the 10-yard out. If you're going to play close to us, we're going to go right past you. We have a great vertical game. We've done it all year, and it's, it's going to be hard to stop. The best team in the country would have a hard time stopping our vertical game consistently. Uh, but with that, we have a great medium game. We have a great short game. We just haven't had to use it a lot. Exactly. It's not that we haven't even had to use it a lot. It's we haven't had to use it a lot all at once. You know, it, we haven't really seen a team that's wanted to play up and play off and bring the house and drop eight into coverage all in one game. It's I think Winton Woods is the closest we came to that, and even when they were playing cover one, they were still playing off a little bit. We had those 10-yard outs. We had, we had over the middle a lot. And you see Wadsworth, we had the 10-yard out all game. I mean, looking at the corners, they were flipping their hips to run with Ballard when he still had an eight-yard cushion. And... He just hit the 10-yard out, and you're golden. I mean, I'll march up and down the field with that play if you're going to give it to us. It takes a special athlete to stop our receivers from their entire route tree. And it doesn't take a special athlete. It takes no less than three special athletes. Multiple for each receiver. To get up in our faces 
stop the short game, be able to run with our long game, and be able to get to the quarterback all at once. And frankly, Hoban doesn't have that. I mean, yeah, even if you look at, it's like, say they put Trayton um, over Trey in the slot. If he can cover him for the whole game, okay, you, if you negate Trey out of the game, like say he gets two catches, you're still going to, like, that's their best athlete. Who's going to cover our best athlete? Because we have the best player on the field. Jaden Ballard is the best player on the football field. Every time he steps on it, he's the best athlete. He could run past every player that he's ever going to line up against. And he can catch any any football that's in anywhere close to him inbounds. So you t- you already took your best player to stop Trey. So who's going to stop? Who's going to stop Ballard? You're not going to run with him. He's proved. I mean, he ran past those East St. Louis kids to win the game. Those kids could fly everywhere. D one top better than these guys. You know, better than Hobins, and he ran right past them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done it time and again. You can't press him because he, if you if you don't press it perfectly. He, he's going to be 10 yards past you before you can even turn around. You, and if you play off, he's shown he can he can do the outs. He can do, you know, he has more than one trick up his sleeve. You know, he and he's, he's going to catch the ball if it's anywhere near him. So there's another guy. You, you're not going to stop him. Like, you're going to, it's a, a miracle if you stop him. And then, you know, Dean Clark, he's Mr. Clutch. You know, all playoffs every, you know, last year, this year. He's going to catch anything that's near him. He's, you know, proven to be big time playmaker for us then you know we don't even you have to talk about Edric Ford you know that's another you know clutch player who's done it time and again you know you it's it's going to take a herculean effort from a secondary to shut those guys down and i just don't see it happening yeah and to go with that that's just lining up one on one their guy versus our guy and that's not how it always works you know you line up and then you have an offensive concept that works off of that if you're going to play man, that's great. Not only do we think our players are better than your players, the route concept we're running is going to beat the style of defense you're playing. You want to play man, that's great. Our players are better, and our routes are going to defeat man coverage. We're going to do that all game long. It doesn't matter what it is. You guys want to drop into a zone, that's fine. We're going to run zone passing concepts. You go man, that's fine. Motions, switches, we're going to bunch up. Good luck trying to man up who you want to man up. We have athletes. And at the end of the day, when we get our kids running one way and you have to stop our kid from running that way, good luck. And, I mean, we've shown it all year, and I don't think we're going to hold anything back. It's week 15. Can't hold anything back now. But, uh, I mean, to go along with your saying, overall, they don't have the speed that a few of our other opponents have. I'm not saying they're better or worse. They're a very fundamental team, but just in general, they don't have the speed that a few of our other opponents have, and we've shown that we can beat them with speed, so it's, it's going to be difficult when you're not as fast as another kid to still be able to contain us just by fundamentals. Yeah, and to kind of touch on a couple topics, the first thing Robbie alluded to is not only do we have the athletes that in my opinion, and even more so, it solidified that after talking to them individually. We have the coaching staff. You know, we have the guys that can. Oh well, we've shown this. We can build a counter off of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've ran this. We can run this off of this. That'll you know another counter. That we our coaching staff is one of the best 
complete ones that I've ever really mm-hmm. seen. That Not that you really pay attention to that much without highlighting them on a show like we do, but really that this is a smart group of people and that we didn't just stumble into this position that we're in without them. You know, it, at certain points, we can't just out-athlete guys, it, especially the East St. Louis game. You can't just go out there and like, hey, go make a play, kid. You have to draw up to where you're going to get your guy into a certain position to make a play and then go win the game from there. Yeah, I mean, I think a great example of that, looking back just last week, when we ran our tag screen early in the first half, they were winning Woods was so overly aggressive at that screen. It was kind of like how St. V played it because they exactly. were great. Exactly knowledge. like what St. V. We immediately kind of looked at each other and we went, okay, it's time to run the fake screen. Yep. Which, if you look back the last couple of years, was a big part of our offense. This year, we, I don't. I don't think we ran the fake screen since we week ran it one. once against St. V, who was playing against St. V. Week one, they were playing it extra aggressive. From there, every team played looser against our screen because they didn't want to get beat by the fake screen. When Woods comes up, they're super aggressive. That's perfectly fine. We're going to go hit you with the fake screen. And the rest of the game, you have to decide, am I going to be aggressive for the real screen or am I going to be cautious for the fake screen? Same thing with Hoban. It's, it's, it's not a trick play. It's not a trick play. If you want to be aggressive and stop the real screen, we're going to hit you with the fake. Otherwise, you have to play back and be cautious. And we're going to hit that real screen for 5, 10, 15 yards every single time. That's perfectly fine. It's not a trick. We're not going to trick you. We're going to take what you give us. If you're going to give us that real screen, that's fine. We're going to take it all night long. You get aggressive, we hit you at the fake. And our coaches know that. And it's not a coincidence that we waited from week one to week 14. The reasoning is because that's what the defense has been giving us. They've all been playing cautious when Woods was not. And you saw what happened when they did that. And to just dive even deeper into that real quick before I want to get into my uh, the second thing I want to touch on, um, you saw like we our run game struggled early. You know, you, we even heard a bunch of people saying, "Oh, why are we running the ball? Why are we running the ball?" Because it took us a while to figure it out. Because they had when Woods had a great front seven. It was you know we started off early trying to go from our base stuff that they were just keying off of. They had guys coming in. They played it great. Then we tried to go to our tight end set. We tried to run to the tight end side. And it turned out that they had they schemed it up. They had two free rushers coming off the edges. Then we went away from the tight end. You know, we were a little, a little more successful against that. But it still, it was hard. It was tough sledding against that look. Then we moved to the, to the fake jet looks. You know, you get that jet motion. And to even... The cherry on top of that is, you know, you can run the jet motion one side and run power back the other way. But to run the jet motion to one side to where you set your two backs to look like you're going to be lead blocking for that jet motion and then run counter backside, a play that we frankly don't run that much, and run it very successfully. You know, we even scored on a that fake jet counter play that once we found that, 
they couldn't stop it, you know. And then even going farther on from there, with I we talked about earlier, Aiden's interception. They dropped Aiden to coverage because we had four wide and we were passing on them successfully. Oh, well, all right, we'll walk out four wide next time. We'll get that same two deep. You look like you're going to drop it to eight look, and we're going to run it on you against that look. And we ran it. We had a touchdown. We had like a 20-some yard gain. It's just one of those things where that's a bigger thing that makes that gives me more faith into our coaching staff. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, punch, counterpunch. You know, it's a game of chess. You got to see what the other team is going to do to what you're trying to do. I mean, even to start out the game, you probably just want to throw – a couple different looks at them just just to give you an idea of what they're going to do not even because you really think that play is going to maybe work even well that you know the one time you call it but just so you know how are they going to defend you know this you know this look this motion and then you have everything else you know set up like okay well later in the game based on what you just did we're going to call this and it's going to work perfectly because that's how we know that you schemed all week to you know to defend this and that's what your kids are going to be doing when we give you this look. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this all year long. Every single coach we've talked to has mentioned it, that every defense that plays us, they do something a little different than they have all year. So we can't make just a permanent playbook throughout the week, knowing what the defense is going to give us, because they changed it up game night. So what we have to do is we have to feel them out. We have to see what they're doing. How do they react to what we're doing? What are some of their tendencies? And then just based off of some of the things, you know, Coach Mazer told us off air, you know, just some of the different tendency breakers, just the brilliant mindset that he gave us about if they do that, we do this. If we're going to do this, how do they react to that? I mean, there's so many different things that they have in the arsenal. And sometimes you just have to figure out what the defense is doing first. Once you can figure that out, we're going to adjust on the fly because we're great at it. And we have a hundred different things we can do offensively. We prepare for everything, but we got to figure it out first. And so, I mean, just based off of, you know, the conversations we've had off air, I mean, we have full trust in that coaching staff, you know, with the run game, we're able to do so many things just based off of how they react. So it, it might take time, but we're, we're eventually going to get there, especially, you know, alluding to what you said about last week. We had to try different different things, but, you know, we got there. And at the end of the day, that that's all that matters. We, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to have a solution to what your defense is doing. Yeah, and to what you said, you know, when you throw different looks at us that say, I think uh, Walnut Ridge was the biggest thing, where they threw a look at us where they overloaded our fullback side so much that it was absolutely impossible to run to that side. So we just ran another play opposite that side that complemented that play. But kind of to t- to pile on to what you were saying about how our guys are, about how our coaches are just that smart. I think a big thing that's lost on a lot of people is a coach isn't just some dude out there that knows football and is yelling at a bunch of high schoolers. He's a teacher. He has to teach you these things, and he has to teach you the most efficient way possible to run to do these things on the fly, full speed, while you're hitting somebody. You know, it's he teaches our our line. It's not like oh, you're kicking out this end, you're pulling for this linebacker, you're double teaming to this linebacker. It's 
the way that they teach it without getting really into it, it it's ingenious. That's the best word I can come up with right now. It, that how flexible the rules are for any one blocking play to work against the multitude of fronts that we face is I sit back, I look at it and I'm in awe. You know, I was a lineman all my life. I've been taught how to run a play a lot of different ways. And that and the way they teach it now, it's the simplicity of a very complicated system is just incredible to me. Yeah. I mean, we're really teaching the concept of what a play is, why it works, and how it's run. So, for example, when we had Coach Mazer on, he said just that one day we practiced against nine different offensive or defensive fronts. So our offensive line saw nine different ways a defense could line up, and we're still going to run the same play because they know how to adjust to it because they know why the play works. They don't just know I'm supposed to pull and kick out somebody. They know why they're supposed to pull and kick out somebody. You know, for example, one year when we were in high school, all the receivers had wristbands. You know, I, I was one of them, and our plays got signaled into us by a number. We then read what number it was. We looked on our wristband, and it told us what route to run. So if they signal in 75, I look on my wristband, it says 75, it says run a curl. I don't know what play we're running. All I know is I'm supposed to run a curl. Well, that doesn't always help, depending on what the coverage is, depending on why I'm supposed to run a curl. Am I running a curl to get open, or am I running a curl to you know hold the corner? doesn't exactly translate to the line play, but these kids are getting taught why they're running a play. You're not always the one that's going to get the ball. You're not always the one that's going to have the most important block, but you might be setting something else up that's really important. So, I mean, our offensive line knows why they're running the play. You can switch how you're lined up on defense last second, and our kids are still going to know what to do because they know why the play works. They know how it works. They're going to be able to adjust on the fly. With that, I don't think Hoban is going to try to change much against us. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to put too much on Andrew here with all the insider knowledge, but I wouldn't expect Hoban to change much. I think they just do what they do. They're really good at it. Um, so we might have to you know, adjust the least on the fly against Hoban compared to any of the other teams. But if we get up on them, if we start having success on them, they're going to change because that's what good teams do. So I would expect eventually they're going to change and we're going to be ready for it. Yeah, uh, just not to put Andrew on the spot or anything here, but Hoban, like you said, they're not a team that has had to change, uh, a, had to change to face a team that they've played, uh, very much like us, you know. And you know, at Saint V was really the only team that they have that this style of defense, this front, this coverage that they like to run. They've really been the only team all year that's come out and run that same thing against us. And what happened? 35-7. Hoban, I mean, if they think, oh, he can come out and, you know, do what we do against these guys and win the game, then cool. We're prepared for that. 
and I like that matchup. I like that matchup a lot. I know our guys, our team, we're smart. We're smart enough to be able to take advantage of what matchup mm-hmm. that they've presented on film. If they come out and run something entirely different, that's even better. I look at that. I'm like, oh, that's great. You've already admitted at the snap of the football, before the snap of the football, during preparation all week, that you can't stop what we do from your base look. That you have to change up ex- what you want to do as an as a defense all year. 15 weeks. Summertime. July. August. That you, you've done this thing all year and you have to change it up specifically for us. Alright? You know, our defense can make little tweaks and, you know, changes here and there as to what we want to run, as to what we want to do. But there hasn't been a team on our schedule yet that we've had to do an entire overhaul on our system. Because we believe in our players, we believe in our system. And if Hoban comes out and presents us looks and fronts and coverages that we haven't seen before from them in the last however many years they've been winning these state championships that they've, from what they play last Friday, that from Saturday on, that they've admitted we're the better team. Man, yeah, you, you said it all right there, but you know exactly. I don't really expect you know them to change. Like the whole vibe of their program, like the things you see, like their co- the coaches tweeting, like not even just like you know this week or anything, but, like. All you know, off season during the season, it's like you'll see, you'll you'll see a tweet from that. You know, one of their strength guys or one of their other coaches. It's just such an air of we're just so much better. Like they're so like you know confident in what they do. I mean, they have a right to be. You know, it's like I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Saban should be confident in what he does. But also, that they've never had to go to a plan B. Plan A always works for them based on who they play. They you know if you can force them to a plan B what a what is their plan b and you know can they execute plan b in the state championship against a talented team you know i wouldn't you know i wouldn't expect it but like if they would come out and you know do something totally different on either side of the ball it's like they kind you know they did just plant that seed into their players mind that like we don't we're we don't trust you know what we do you know these guys are you know better or something you know, they we can't do what we we can't do what we do against these guys. So it just even right there psychologically, you just planted the seed that you're not good enough to do. You know, to run our base. You're not. You know, you're not good enough to run with this kid. So we're gonna well, we're gonna give you some help over here, over the top. You know, and it just plants the seed. You know, oh hey, this this isn't this isn't any game. We're not just gonna run out here and dominate these guys. Even though I think that's what their mentality is, because that's just you know the whole air of their you know their program is confidence you know bordering on the you know just complete arrogance really so yeah you know i mean frankly like you said before they've earned that confidence borderline arrogance this is they're going into their fourth state championship you know that's that is impressive i will give them credit where credit is due but you touched on it about how their strength coach their guys they're tweeting about maslin Mm -hmm. and you know they're a they're not tweeting at our coaches. They're tweeting at our fans. 
they're talking about things that our fans are saying, like about mass and tradition and about this and that. And that's something you haven't seen from our guys. And that's not because like our guys haven't noticed it. You know, I I'm friends with a lot of these guys. We've, it's been mentioned. We know the guys. Yeah, we know, but it's the old saying lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. And the fact that they're acknowledging us tells us off the bat, we're not sheep. We're another lion, and we're ready to take the throne. And you know what? We're a little hungrier than they are. It's been 1970 since we've won a state championship. That's a lot of our fans' lifetimes. That's mine. I mean, my dad, he's, you know, he graduated in 1974. I've never really asked him about, you know, what was it like in mass on the last time we won a state championship. Because it's never something that crossed my mind. That's never something that I've needed to know what it felt like. But I'm, I know what it's going to feel like now. And that's something, you know, that I can't wait to feel Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, the tradition is everything. I mean, this will be better said in the little bit of segment we're going to add on at the very end of this podcast. But going back to it, you know, this is a confidence that Hoban has. You know, an arrogance that Hoban has. This is their fourth straight state championship appearance. They won the last three state championships. But do you know what they did the five years before that? They were just another Akron team. They had a losing record from 2010 to 2014. And then they win three straight. Good for them. You guys are on a run. Happy for you. You earned it. This is the fourth one. Earned. Glad. You're there. But this goes back to 1894. This isn't a three-year run. We're not looking for four. We're looking for 25. 25 state championships. Not four. You guys have been good for a couple years. Congratulations. I wish we had a run like that. We've never won three in a row before. This is getting me all amped up, Hank. I'm sorry. But listen, they're kids. They weren't raised looking at Hoban. They didn't even know Hoban until they were eighth graders. They didn't know. No one cared. Who was Hoban? I'm not that old. I played Hoban. They were no one. They were nobody our senior year. We played them at Infocision. Why? Not because they don't have a stadium, but because their stadium can't hold our fans. Had nothing to do with Hoban. We went in there, and we beat their butts. And you know what? For all of the... For everything I throw at the last regime, for everything under Jason Hall that happened that I hate, that I I hate him to my core, he came in at halftime, and he got us fired up. Do you know why? We weren't losing to Hoban. We were beating them. But you know what? We weren't beating them bad enough. They they don't have the tradition that we have. So the one thing that I have noticed is their, their strength and conditioning coach mentioning, laughing at the fact that we said we have a better tradition than them. I don't know how you can argue that. Who in the country can say they have the tradition that Maslin has? 
I, I don't think anybody. Honestly, I would let a McKinley fan say it. Because that that's allowed. It's not as good as ours, but they can say it. It's part of the rivalry. But who outside of McKinley can say it? Ignatius had a great 20-year run. You know, here and there, they recruit out everywhere. That's fine. But Hoban for three years? You had a losing record for five. Let's not go before that, because I'm sure it wasn't any better. But the five years before your state championship run? A losing record? And out of nowhere, you guys are good? They're a good team. I'm not taking that away from them. They've won three straight. They're good this year. No doubt. 14-0. They're a good team. But so are we. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when their emotion runs out, our passion begins. And that's where we're really going to stick it to them. We're going to hit them, and we're going to hit them hard, and we're going to hit them the whole night. They're not used to that. Go back to week one when you played Ignatius. Iggy's not the same Iggy they were five years ago. Mostly because most of their kids now play for Hoban. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. There's no. It, there's a reason why Hoban or Ignatius and Eds are down the last couple years. Eds is in the state championship, but it's not the same Eds we saw no. back when we played. That, that same Eds that's in the state championship right now. We were at that scrimmage, Rob, you and I. We beat St. Ed's in a scrimmage. And it's not even looking at the scoreboard, beat St. Ed's at the scrimmage, because we did that too. But we we drove them into the ground. It was uh, it was half of a Maslin game that you are used to seeing all year. This is it, different. It was we were wearing on them. It's different. Maslin's different. This is not just some Maslin team. Every Maslin team's good. This team's different. This that wasn't your regular Ignatius team that Hoban played week one. They're subpar. Yeah. It's going to be a different beast on Thursday. I don't think Hoban's ready. I don't think that no. strength coach is ready. I don't think their off-season preparation program is ready because we play four quarters. I mean, that strength coach, God bless him. You get a job at Hoban, what they're doing now, good job, man. To, be, to make it 15 weeks, four years in a row... Your kid's got to be doing something right, and that starts with a strength and conditioning program like we've had Coach Stu on here talking about twice now. But guess what? You screenshotted a paragraph that one of our fans wrote on Facebook. How much did that dig deep under your skin? Oh, he needs it. That one of our just fans, what... Some Joe Schmo or Sally whatever up in the stands typed that out on Facebook that you saw that and it made you that mad. Lions don't care about the sheep. And guess what? You cared. That tells me a lot more than anything you could have typed to that. And I think we're hungrier. We're meaner. We're tougher than any team they faced in those last four years. Yeah, I'm going to leave it to Booster Club President Ben Lieberman that we have a little bit of audio from him that we're going to add in here. But it means something. It means something to us. It means something to the community. It's more than just the 100 kids that are on the field. It's going to be the 10,000 plus that are in the fans, in the stands watching, in the thousands more at home watching on TV and listening on the radio. It means something. It's not exactly the same thing at Hoban. 
Tiger's going to show up, and it's going to be a different breed than they've seen all year. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, four quarters for the rest of your life for every player on that field. Even if you're not a senior, it's four quarters for the rest of your life for every everybody on the staff. You know, every, they know what this means. You know, I mean, for me personally, my dad played for the last championship team. I have his jersey on my wall. His helmet is on my nightstand. His team picture is on my wall. I, I look at his ring, you know, every other day. This isn't, you know, this isn't just a game. This isn't just, oh, hey, we made it. We made it to the championship. This is something different for every person involved. It's personal, you know, for every, I mean, I've, at practice, I look out the, you know, I'm up at the top of the, you know, the, you know, the crow's nest. And I look over for hours long of practice every day this week. There's people always lined up buying tickets. So, for, you know, for our kids, they're going to go out there. They're going to leave it all in the field. And for when they, you know, when they start to get tired, they're going to have 15,000 people in orange and black rooting them on to give them that extra boost in the fourth quarter, to, you know, to, to give that extra ounce, to, you know, to lay it all on the line. And, you know, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, like you said, your dad played for that team. Michael Stu, he he was on that team, and he died in two thousand four before I could really ever, really ever process what that meant, what Madison football really was, you know. So I never got the chance to ask him what what it was like to win a state title for Maslin. I never asked my dad what it was like being around here when Maslin won a state title, and you know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know what it was like back then. I want to know what it's like now. I want to be that guy that 20 years from now, people will ask me, like, what was it like back in 2018 when you beat Akron Hoban in the state championship to win that? You know, I want to know what that's like to tell my kids or, or, Cousins or grandkids, whatever. I don't care. I want to know what it's like to tell that next generation or that next two generations what it was like to be in this town when we finally won that after a 48-year drought. I want to know. And you know what? I think I'm going to know what it's like Thursday night after that clock hits zero. Thursday night, I mean, it's a huge night to go with it I mean if you weren't already planning on doing it there's going to be a party downtown after the game I'm not just saying this it's planned the Booster Club has put in place the exact event that's going to happen when we win and how it's going to go down the team's going to be down there all the fans are going to go down there and hopefully everybody that doesn't make it out to the game because it's going to be too cold or it's going to be too difficult to get a parking spot and a seat. Whatever. Every single fan in Maslin, young and old, we want downtown after the game. Every single person. This is something that you haven't seen in a long time. You've never experienced it after winning the state championship in person. We're going to go win week 15 against Hoban, where no one said that we can do it. We're going to go downtown afterwards. The team's going to be there. 
The whole town's going to be there. And I don't think anybody's going to go to sleep afterwards. It's going to be a long night. Call off Friday. The city schools already announced that if you want your kids to stay home Thursday or Friday, all you have to do is give them a note. And it's an excused absence because it means that much. The whole town's calling off work on Friday because we're still going to be partying downtown from the night before. Make sure you get downtown after the game, even if you didn't go to the game. Tell your friends, family, Everyone you know that we're going downtown after the game, it's going to be a big experience, and you just never know when the next time you get to see it. Yeah, that's that's one thing I even told a couple of my friends that you know they have jobs, whatever. It's you tell your job, I'm not going to be there Thursday night. It's up to you whether I'm there Friday, and that's not something you say, you know, if for whatever, you know, if it's Akron Firestone. <laughs> This is week 15. This is mass and football. You're about to witness history. And I know I'm speaking for you guys. Akron Hoban, they're no joke. You don't get to 14 or no going into the state championship by accident. You don't get going to the state championship four years in a row by accident. They're a good team. They're a very good team. They're a great team. I think this is the two best teams in Division Two state championship in all of Ohio. Divisions regardless. We're going to go in there. We're going to see history. Because I think, in my heart of hearts, and I know you guys too, that we are the better team. We're the better staff. We're the better fan base. We're the better community. We want it more. We don't deserve it. No one deserves anything. But we want it more than they do. Yeah. I mean, for example, our, our great friend Jim, who's on a lot of these podcasts, doesn't talk a lot, but he's on a lot of them. Every other week, he flies out to the West Coast and spends a week out there for work. He gets home on Friday afternoon, so he's able to make it home to all the games. This game's on Thursday. He's gone this week. He's currently in uh, Seattle. I Wherever think. no one cares. I should I should probably be a better friend and know that. I think he's in Seattle. <laughs> uh, he works for a Maslin-based company. His owners are Maslin guys. He's coming home Wednesday night. He's going to be there on Thursday. Because it means something. It means something. It's really important to him and his job. That he's out there on Thursday every single or every other week. But this is a little different. He wants to be home. The company wants him to be home. It's a big deal. If you can't make it to the game, stream it online. There's a link where you can watch the game online. It might cost a little money, but you can watch it. If you can't watch it, listen to it. It's on the radio. A bunch of different stations are doing it. Find a way. Find a way to support the Tigers. If you can't make it, you know, send your support to somebody. Send out something on Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. Let the team know that you care. Let them know because it's going to be a big game. We're bringing a lot of fans. We have a lot more fans at home, but we could use all the support we can get. And really to wrap this up, I want to touch on something that, Andrew, you said earlier about how Ballard, he's the best guy on the field. 
he is now, in my opinion. I think he's now the best football player on the field when he steps out there. We're going to be without the guy that was the best football player on the field. Or at least he's listed as unavailable. Jameer Thomas. A guy that set countless records at Maslin. Rushing. Rushing. Carries. Yards. Touchdowns. Scoring. All that. And to do that in an era where really football is kind of trending towards you know, spread, throw the ball around as a running back to be able to do all that stuff. That's special. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, that we we got to witness history. You know, we got to witness a record being broken that was sent, that stood since, what, Paul Brown? About that time? It's been a long time. It's generations that's a generational record right there. And for him to play, you know, almost 50 games. Started halfway through his freshman year, all the way through his sophomore, his junior, all of his senior year up until halfway through the third quarter went woods. We're going to miss him. You know, he's I think skill-wise he'll be hard to replace. You you can't replace him on offense. I, I've sung praises of our offensive line all year, but Jameer still made plays, even outside those guys. Defensively, he hasn't had much playing time, but he's still been a great player when he's out there. He commands attention. And I think we'll be able to manage without him, but without the heart and soul of Maslin football, of, you know, these past couple years it's gonna be rough and I just I I just wanted to say that even though we'll be able to replace them you know schematically you know we'll have a you have another tailback that steps up when your guy goes down you have another outside linebacker D end when your guy goes down it's tough to replace that and I think that's something that our team can rally behind That's just one more coal we can add to the fire of something we've talked about endlessly, you know, tonight. But I I just wanted to mention that, that what, Jameer, what you've done for Maslin hasn't been lost on us. It's special. And we thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard-pressed to find anybody that's played that many games for Maslin. Honestly, I don't know if there's anybody that has started as many Maslin games as Jameer Thomas. I think you'd have to go back a very long time to, you know, maybe like Jim Houston. (laughs) And back then, they didn't play that many games. So even if you played all four years, that still doesn't add up to how many games Jameer played. He's played... This would be a great statistic to find out, but I think he may have started more games than anybody in Maslin history. You know, you might have had uh, maybe like Lee Hurst as a kicker um, in the late 80s. But still, it would be interesting to see how many playoff games that he played in. 
I think Jameer Thomas might have the most career starts in Maslin history. And nowadays, that's insanely hard to find, especially here. So, I mean, Andrew, you're there every day. You see all the practices. You know, how how are the players reacting knowing that they're going to be missing Jameer? Well, Jameer was there. He was there today at practice. Um, you know, every, every single, I think every single person on the team, you know, was up, you know, talking to him, you know, he's definitely obviously you you miss him as a player but i think it definitely there's one one more thing to galvanize this team to you know to get them you know one more thing to motivate them because they don't he's been so much to everybody the way he played he left everything on you know had he had on the field like literally he left it all on the field and they they know that that's not lost on them they saw what he did to carry you know he was the face of the team for four years you know, he carried the team, you know, through a losing season, you know, through and then all the way up until a state championship appearance. And he was he was the team. I mean, he was 58 yards away from Travis McGuire's single season rushing record. So that would have just added another one. I think he would, he would have had that last week if he hadn't gotten injured. So, man, you know, it's it's tough to see for a kid that works that hard for that long in order to get to this goal. And then to have it, you know, his opportunity to play on this stage taken away from him by an injury like that. So, you know, it's, you feel bad, you know, for bad for him, you know, congratulate him because he actually just committed to Washington State tonight. So that's, a, you know, an amazing thing for him personally. And the fact that he, you know, he was able to get those, you know, those records. I think he j- actually passed Bob Glass's scoring record in the Witten Woods game. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's a g- good thing that he was able to do that. So, I mean, he'll be there, you know, he'll be there for the team. He'll be supporting and leading from the sideline. But I think, you know, he's a great kid. You know, he works hard. You know, he's come a long way. You know, I, I think, you know, Becca, she posted a really good post this, you know, this afternoon on Twitter and Facebook about, you know, his journey and how he has improved and everything that he's gone through. So, you know, you know, feel bad for him. My heart goes out and. But he'll he'll make the most of it. He's it's not it's not the last time you're gonna hear the name Jameer Thomas. Yeah, I think that's one thing that is can sometimes be lost on a lot of fans is these are still kids, you know. If this was some say, you know, just role player that this was his last football game ever, you know, you could tell him, you know, maybe wrap it up a lot and do what you can do for pain management and go out and play. But Jameer, he has a future in football. Like you said, he just com- uh, committed to Washington State. And he's going to have a great career ahead of him. I'm sure he's going to be great in whatever he wants to do, whatever he chooses to do. And I just wanted to you know, take this opportunity to thank him for what he's done for Mass and football. We'll see you, you know, on the sideline week 15. And then whatever you do from there. God bless you, kid. You're a hell of a football player. And from what I've heard, an even better human being. And with that, we have nothing else to say about the game. We're ready. We know the team's going to be ready. We hope the fans are ready. Looking for that full force of fans there Thursday night. Uh, We actually have a message from Booster Club President Ben Lieberman that he sent us 
so we could put it on air for him, uh, deliver right to you for the fans to get you ready for Thursday. So we're just going to leave it up to him to end this podcast with his great speech. Uh, so with that, go Tigers, beat Hoban. Go Tigers. Go Tigers, beat Hoban. Week 15, we are here. In three more days, this season will be all over. And since January, this has been the goal. This team has done 15 push-ups after every workout and every practice and every game for an entire year. There has been only one goal, to win the state championship. And in three days, we're going to have our shot. Since Friday's win over Winton Woods, the emotions of what this season has become have really, really ramped up. And we kind of knew this season was going to be special, and we kind of knew that we'd be in a position to play Winton Woods again. But now we are in a position not just to have a great season, but to have a season that will redefine our program. It has been since 1970. 1970, and everybody knows that year. It's been almost 50 years ago. And that means if you're 50 years old or younger, you either weren't alive or you have no recollection of the last time we won a state championship. And so you have all these Tiger fans, thousands of us, that grew up hearing the stories from our parents and our grandparents about all these great Maslin teams and all these great games. And you heard about the 1970 team, the 64 team, the, the 1940 team. And you heard about Leo Strang's teams and Chuck Mathers and obviously Paul Brown's. And you heard about these great games and these great victories like the 1970 McKinley game, the 64 Niles game in the Rubber Bowl, the, the 57 Warren Clock game, and the 35 McKinley game and all that. And, and games where you know the players and you heard about the crowds, and you even know the plays that were going on. And for us, and for our generation, we still have unbelievable and awesome memories of these games and these great seasons, only they quite—it haven't, haven't quite ended the same way. And this program has been through so much over that time, so many ups and downs. We've run into the Molar teams of the 80s, and the Ignatius guys of the 90s, and even St. X in 05. And we've had these painful playoff losses to... Parma Padua, Warren Harding in, in the Rubber Bowl, Toledo Whitmer, Glenville, others. And we have had so many great players and so many coaches over the years who gave everything they had for this program, but just came up a little bit short. And through all this and all this time, our program has endured and it kept going. But now it is our time. It is our time. And we have known this season was going to be different all along. You could see it and you could feel it. And if there was ever any doubt that the Maslin spirit was still going, this season has proven that it is very much alive and well. And now it is time to finish this off. Our opponent is very, very good. Hoban is a three-time defending state champion. They are a great team. And to get this thing done, it was always going to have to be hard. We were never, ever going to sneak or luck our way into a state title. We were always going to have to get through a tough regular season, beat McKinley, face a team down like Winton Woods who ran us off the field last year and then take down a private school power. And so when we go to Canton on Thursday, we have to bring everything we have with us. If you don't think we're going to win, please give your ticket to somebody else. Our players are going to bring everything they've got. Our coaches are going to bring everything they've got. And we've got to bring everything we've got. Everyone who enters that stadium has to grab the rope and start pulling. And when something goes bad, we pull the team up. And when it goes right, we pull them along further. And together, all of us, 
we keep pulling and pulling and pulling until we get this thing across that finish line. Because we as fans cannot affect the play on that field, but we sure as heck can affect what kind of environment this game is played in. Because as good as they are, they've never seen anything like us. They've never had to go up against an entire community. They pick where they wanted to go to high school. Their parents write a check and they go to school. They do not grow up and live with a football program woven into their lives the way that we do. They are 16, 17, and 18-year-old kids just like ours. And we have broken every team we've played this entire year. Are they ready for that? Are they ready to play 48 minutes? Are they ready for the physicality? Are they ready for the athleticism? Are they ready to play in front of an entire city? We know our guys are. They've done it. We're going to find out if they are. I am not the kind of person that believes in fate and destiny and that kind of stuff. But I do believe that people have the ability to create opportunities and create success by what they do and how they do it. And I believe after all this time and all these years, we are at this point because we have the right people in place. We have the right people working in our, in our administration. We have a coaching staff that's full of Tigers. And the other coaches that might have played somewhere else, now they're Tigers. And we have the right group of great young guys who are good people, they're good students, and they represent our city with class. This season is not by accident and is not by luck. I said earlier in the season at one of our Booster Club meetings that it's not just that we're winning. It's the way we're doing it. This is our time. Thursday night is going to be one of the great nights in the history of our school and our city. And 10, 20, and 30 years from now, the next generation of Tiger fans are going to be asking all of us, what was 2018 like? They're going to ask us what 2018 was like. The same way that we ask about 1964, 1961, and all those other great Maslin teams. And all the stuff we hear from our neighbors, paper titles, paper champions, can't win in the playoffs, no real titles, all that crap is over Thursday night. We are going in that stadium, and we are not leaving without that trophy. It is our time.